Hello, hello, welcome back, welcome back. Thank you so much to Fabio and the team. Wonderful that Matt, Rodolfo, Jill Marie, Shane, uh, um, um, Ben, uh, and also Fabio get involved in all that. So, so, so grateful for that. We look at how we can go forward with um, that ministry uh, in through a Zoom worship. So now... We're going to come to tonight's message, which is the final message in the series of supernatural living. And we've looked at inner healing. We've looked at physical healing. We've looked at salvation. That's the most important aspect of supernatural living, salvation. We've looked at that. Uh, physical healing last week when Gordon ministered wonderful message last Sunday evening. And now I'm ministering on deliverance, being set free from demonic powers. Uh, and we're going to pray for you, but I want to tell you that deliverance plus discipline equals freedom. It's not just about having a prayer made for you. It's about you from your heart resisting the enemy, submitting to God, and then he will flee. We're coming to all of that. Now, I need to do a little bit of teaching, first of all. Matthew chapter 12, verse 28. There is an incident when they accused Jesus of casting out demons by the power of the devil. Just put it that way. Uh, uh, the one who is at the head of the, the chief adversary of God, the spiritual force, the spiritual power called Satan or the devil. And um, sometimes these words are used differently, but we know what we're talking about. And um, Jesus said, that's not logical. That's not logical because how can Satan cast out Satan? A house divided against itself can not stand. That's why one of the worst ways or at least the most effective ways put it this way that the enemy comes in to destroy marriages is to bring division setting one against the other to destroy families the division to destroy nations division 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 and to destroy churches division division and the enemy strategy is to divide and conquer and so actually he divides us. He wants to divide us, but his kingdom is not divided. It is ruled by a reign of terror and of absolutism and, and of threats and violence and any kingdom that can only be held together by, the, by a ruler at the top who is merciless and ruthless and authoritarian. All of that speaks of the kingdom of Satan. But the kingdom of God is not like that. So Jesus says, right, it's illogical to think that Satan is casting out Satan. And he said, rather, this is what you should get from my deliverance ministry. This is the conclusion you should, should draw from my authority over demons and over spiritual powers, evil spiritual powers. When you see uh, a demonic deliverance, when you see the authority of God and authority of Jesus asserted over the kingdom of Satan, then 
the only logical conclusion is that the kingdom of God has come. So Jesus says in Matthew 12, verse 28, but if, if it is by the spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Now, it, it's rather like this. When Jesus came, he announced the kingdom of God, which is God's rule. When Messiah comes, the kingdom comes because Messiah is king. And one of the most significant signs of the kingdom is the gospel preached to the poor and signs and wonders done in his name, including deliverance from the demonic. And that shows us that Jesus never sent anybody out to preach the gospel without also giving them authority to uh, deliver uh, people from demons and to heal the sick. Now, I'm, I recall as I say that, that that statement really comes from Derek Prince. He used to say that very, very often. He would say in his very, very Etonian way, he said, the Lord never sent anybody out to preach the gospel without also giving them authority over, over sickness and disease and over demons. And that's because if you look into the scriptures, you, you, in the New Testament, you see deliverance ministry is right up there, right up there. And it was done publicly right up there in the ministry of Jesus. So now we know that this is a legitimate manifestation of the kingdom of God in the ministry of Jesus. Okay, so that's having made that point. Let's talk a little bit about where all these powers of darkness came from. Well, I tell you straight away, God did not create them. The Bible shows us that God, who, who is the creator of the physical world, the physical creation, he's also the creator of the spiritual world, the spiritual creation. You can call them spirits, angels, angelic beings. You could call them even sons of God, members of the heavenly council. All of these things are found in scripture. But obviously, those not all of those heavenly beings who were created by God to be his heavenly counsel, to, to be the ones through whom he administered uh, his kingdom, his authority in heaven, and ultimately also over the earth. You know, some rebelled. And the arch rebel is a person that we now call Satan, which simply means adversary. And I'm not going to go in, into any detail now and give a strong teaching on this. I've done that other uh, elsewhere, but simply to say that we have the kingdom of God, which is ruled by God, absolute power, absolute authority. And then we have an illegitimate kingdom that is of a very, very inferior, lesser being a creature, not the creator. So there is no equal power here. God on one side and the devil on the other side. We don't know who's going to win. No, Satan is a fallen son of God, fallen from heaven because he rebelled and wanted to assert himself, be like the Most High God. It was pride that brought him down, and it was rebellion that brought him down. And so alongside Satan, there are a number of other demonic beings, which we now call demons, demonic beings, who are lined up with Satan. Now, how does this operate? It operates uh, territorially. Now, in, in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, 
It speaks about signs and uh, speaks about principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. It's there in Ephesians chapter 6. And these are territorial. In other words, they have an assignment. These principalities and powers have an assignment over different geographical areas of the world and different nations. Now, who gave it to them? Before the fall of these angelic beings, God determined the nations, where they should live, and nations allotted to them and the spiritual powers over them. And we read about that in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and in verse 8. And this is speaking of when the Most High, the Most High, this is God himself. So there are high-level spiritual beings, but the Most High is the one who created all things and who is in absolute control over everything, although he allows in his permissive will certain amount of freedom uh, and, and free will which operates in all of our lives. And so although God is in overall control for reasons best known to himself, he has not yet asserted the triumphant victory of Jesus Christ over principalities and powers and not and has not yet asserted his own authority. That will happen. It will happen when Jesus returns. But in the meantime, nothing happens but by permission of God. He is in overall control of all things and it's working towards his purposes. But I want to say that when that happens, when Jesus Christ returns, all evil will be subjugated and there will be the sorting out of light from darkness and there will be no hope for those who refuse to align with God. They will go in the direction that they have chosen. They'll go willingly, willfully, but because they will be so opposed to God, they want to be nowhere near him. And that will be what the Bible calls the eternal judgment, the eternal punishing that happens. And uh, ultimately, this is something that the Bible describes some people call it hell. Hell is actually a place which is temporary, waiting for the final judgment, which is the lake of fire. So all of that, I say all of that because that's not your future. That's the devil's future. The lake of fire was created for the devil, for his deception and his cruelty. That Jesus said, all who came before me are, are liars and thieves and robbers, but I have come to give life. The enemy is a liar and a thief and a destroyer, but Jesus is the life giver. And I say over your name tonight, I say over you, in the name of Jesus, I declare life, not death. I declare freedom, not bondage in Jesus' name. Let's have a mighty shout. Well, I can't hear you, but I hope that you are joining in. So when the Most High, back to Deuteronomy 32, verse 8, when the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of the people according to the number of the sons of God. In your Bible, it might read sons of Israel. That is the reading found in the Masoretic text, but the Dead Sea Scrolls and also the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, seem to give a more accurate rendering of what the original would have been. And it's very clear we reject the reading, the sons of Israel, because at this time, Israel did not exist. 
So that is obviously a later scribal error or scribal interpretation. But when we go back to what is justifiably and arguably is a strong argument for it, the original reading is the sons of God. Now we know the sons of God here are the the uh, is, is the angelic beings who are part of God's heavenly council. All right, moving rapidly through this, just to paint the picture. So we have the sons of God allotted over all the different places in the world, and when that situation turns against God, in other words, these rebellious powers now rebel against God. It shows that the whole world is ruled spiritually by these territorial spirits, these principalities and powers. However, that is not the end of the story because along comes Jesus. And it says in uh, the, the book of Colossians, it says in Colossians chapter 2 that these rebel principalities and powers were defeated by Jesus through his death and resurrection. And there are many passages that, that are similar to this one. But Colossians 2.15 says, God disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Christ. The principalities and powers have been defeated. Satan has been driven out. He is no longer free to wander the earth and bring deception because it is time now for the nations to repent of their idolatry, to turn away from the false gods which are, which are manipulated by the spiritual beings and turn to the only one true and living God who is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is a call to the nations to repent, to, to turn to God who has sent Jesus into the world. And for us, it is absolute proof positive that we can be set free from every demonic power, every demonic bondage, because in Jesus Christ, we have the victory. Christ has triumphed over all the forces of the enemy and also has given us authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. That is in Luke's gospel, uh, uh, chapter uh, 10 and verse 19. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Amen and amen. In the name of Jesus, if you are a believer in Christ, Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall speak with new tongues. In my name, they shall cast out demons. In my name, they shall heal the sick. This is the birthright as, as a believer. And so you have authority in the name of Jesus. Now, just because you have authority doesn't mean to say you go around indiscriminately and presumptuously uh, declaring this and declaring that. A lot of people do that. And it's a big mistake. A lot of people do that. It's a very big mistake. I learned that lesson very early on in my Christian life. I thought because I have authority in Jesus' name, I could go to any situation where there's demonic activity and bind the devil and do this. And, and you know, this is not how we use the name of Jesus. Let's, let's imagine for a moment that um, you have a checkbook. And this checkbook requires a signature. And it's my signature. 
And I have signed a number of blank checks. I would never do that. And certainly not, certainly not on KT checkbook. That's illegal. It's, we, we don't allow that. But let's just use it for the sake of illustration. I give you some blank checks because I don't know uh, what your needs are going to be. And I, I do that now. So you say, well, that's fantastic. Look, I've got a blank check. And so, all right, what will I do? And you go out and you cash that check to any amount that you choose for any purpose that you choose. Will you be honoring the name? that is on that account, will you be honoring that signature? And you could work in such a presumptuous way that you will be total, totally out of line with the name that you are using. So recognize you have authority in the name of Jesus, but it's not a blank check that you can fill in as you wish and as you choose. You fill it in according to the direction and the will of the Holy Spirit who reveals to you. So he will give you permission. He will give you authority. Now, I know that uh, this, I've experienced this on, on many, many occasions. I remember many, many years ago when um, we were working with the very early stages of what we call the Bible Institute, which is actually uh, the IBIOL. And we had a Joshua program. It was a mentoring program and everything was was wonderful. And we were a small group of number, five, six or something like that. And uh, we attended a conference together. There were two cars. So we drove in different cars and we came back together in different cars, uh, just following each other a little bit and came to sit together. Let's, let's meet together before we will pray. And then we, everybody will go home. Well, my car, we got to our destination, you know, and we were sitting and waiting and, and we waited and waited. The second car didn't arrive. And we got a bit worried, so we began to pray. And then we heard it was the day before. But I don't think anybody had a mobile phone in that car anyway. But we finally got a message. And the message was, please pray. We've had an accident. That person driving that car had hit a pedestrian, an elderly person who was knocked down. And it was serious. It was an emergency. And so we went to pray straight away. And I was teaching. I'm teaching on intercession in the Bible school at uh, three to four o'clock, uh, two, two to three o'clock tomorrow in, in, the, in, the, in the Bible school, teaching on these principles of intercession. And you can get it on, on KT uh, TV. Anyway, teaching people that before you pray, you seek for an understanding of God's will. You don't just say, Lord, here, I want this, I want that. Because the Lord's prayer is, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, not let my will be done in heaven as it, as it is on earth. We seek for an, wait for an understanding of God's will. And so, so we prayed, and we prayed for discernment. And as soon as we were praying for discernment, I saw death. I can't describe how, it was, how I saw it. I saw the spirit of death. And so did somebody else on the team. And now... And when that person saw death, he said, stop it. It's over. This person's going to die. I saw death. I saw the spirit of death. But, you know, I know more than just to see, uh, to look at something God shows me. I say something else on top of that. Lord, what are you showing me? And I said, Lord, what authority? What, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to pray? What authority are you giving us? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said that God was giving us authority to rebuke death. 
the spirit of death. God was giving us authority. That's a very big authority. It doesn't happen every day. And you don't assume that you can move in that authority without not just the permission, but with, without God himself directing you and showing you to do that. Anyway, so we, we began to pray. And the, and the person said, no, no, we're wasting our time. He's going to die. So I said, my dear brother, please be quiet. Please, please, please be quiet. If you don't want to join us in this, please step out and we will, uh, we will be united in prayer. And this is why unity is so important. When there is divisions and, and when there are factions and, and where people are following this person or following that person rather than following Jesus, that brings division in the church. And we must be united because the, what the devil wants more than anything else is to see God's people divided. And what Jesus wants more than anything else is the church should be united. He prays for unity that we may be one, that the world may believe. And I want to tell you that Jesus will and his prayers are stronger than anything that the devil can do. He will not tear us apart. We will join together with all believers right across the nations of the world. There is effectively only one church. That's the church of Jesus Christ. We don't meet together because it's all over the world, but we belong together. And there is only one head and his name is Jesus. And because Jesus Christ is the head and we are his body, the devil is under our feet. He is a defeated enemy in Jesus name. Can I have a strong amen? Anyway, to, to tell that, to finish that story, we prayed. And then we felt a release and everybody went home. And what happened? Not only did that man not die, but he fully recovered. An elderly man. And it was totally, uh, as far as I was told, totally unexpected because of, the, of his current situation. So thank God that we have authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy. Now, how do we find deliverance in the name of Jesus? First of all, you need to surrender your life to Christ. Because if you are not saved, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you're not in the kingdom of light, you're in the kingdom of darkness. And so the first thing to do is to say, Lord Jesus Christ, I repent of my sin. I put my trust in you. I thank you for your victory at the cross. Thank you for paying the price for my sin. And I put my trust in you. And when you place your trust in Christ, the Bible says you are translated out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light. You are delivered from the kingdom of darkness and translated, brought into the kingdom of life. That can happen to you tonight by saying, Lord Jesus, I call upon your name. Save me now. I put my trust in you. And I want you, if that's your prayer, to contact me uh, straight after this service or even do it now on the number that we have been giving out over and over again. It is the number which is, uh, I'm just trying to find it. I hope people would be helping me now. Uh, yeah, I found it. 07570261697. Normally I have, a man, have Amanda sitting here, uh, but I have nobody speaking to me now. Just nobody. Amanda would be sitting here. She should have given this to me. So 07570261697. 
And that's the first thing. Surrender your life to Christ. And, you know, some people say, I don't you know. I'm going to bow my, the knee to no one. I am Lord of my own life. I'm, I'm the master of my own destiny. I'm not going to bow to anybody. Right. Is that what you say? Is that what you really believe? Is that what you really believe? That you don't bow the knee to anyone? I remember Bob Dylan, uh, who in his gospel phase, he wrote an album, Slow Train Coming. And um, it was good material. And of course, he, he is a brilliant musician. I hear he's just released some more music for the first time in a little while. But um, in one of those tracks on his album, Slow Train Coming, it's, these these were the words, and I won't <laughs> try. I won't try to sound like him, but um, this this was one of them. I'll just do it with a little bit of rhythm. And he said, "It may be the devil, or it may be the Lord, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. It may be the devil, or it may be the Lord, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. We are covenantal beings. We are created." for the loving service and relationship with God. And when we rebel against him, what we do is put ourselves in the other camp, in the enemy camp. But we are then now submitted to another Lord, the adversary of God. And you might say, no, no, I, I don't accept that. But this is the fact that if you are not surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus, you have identified with the enemy of God. And it's time to come home. It's time to cross over because when you step over that threshold back home to where you belong in your relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ sets you free and you are released from everything to do with your previous way of living. Even generationally, the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers all the negative curse-like operations that operated in your life, in your family, in your bloodline, in, in your experience, you are set free from the powers of darkness and you are brought into the glorious freedom of the people of God. That is the deliverance of all deliverances, to be set free from the power of sin and Satan to be a loving servant of Jesus Christ. And even though we are his servants, he says, look, you know what? You're also my friends. Even though we are his servants, the father says, do you know what? You are also my sons and daughters. And so this is the deliverance, or uh, the most significant deliverance of all. Now then, as we walk through in our daily walk with God, uh, some people say, well, now I've been delivered from Satan and I belong to Jesus. You know, I have I'm never, ever going to be troubled by the devil again. Big mistake. Big mistake. Now, you are a friend of Jesus, but the moment you surrender to him, you have an enemy. And the Bible, this spiritual enemy is the source of all spiritual warfare. And so we need to know what it is to walk in the protection of the Lord, the name of Jesus, the armor of God outlined in Ephesians chapter six. You can look at it later and the, and prayer and intercession and the Holy Spirit's power in you that you can walk uh, and, and a life of victory from the things that the enemy will try to bring to you. Now, what will he try to bring to you? Temptation. And I used to know a, a man who was who was 
uh, one of my uh, members and the, uh, uh, colleagues in the theater. And every time he made a mistake on stage and the director would come in and the director would come into the dressing room and he would be furious and, and he would say, and it point to this man and say, you've made this mistake. And he would just say, the devil made me do it. And it was a bit of a joke. That's the answer to everything. The devil made me do it. And so the director would say, well, go and repent of your sins. None of them were believers in Christ. It was just their language. And, and I think there's a little bit, the devil made me do it. You know, uh, people want to blame either God or the devil. The Lord led me. The Lord told me this. The Lord told me that. The Lord told me I'd be here. The Lord told me that. A prophecy about this. I told them. And when he, it's nonsense. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. We, we, we follow closely the Holy Spirit, but we don't uh, blab uh, out stuff that we think is coming from God. It has to be properly filtered. And so, or when it goes wrong, you know, the devil led me here. Sorry, God led me here. God led me here. And now he's leading me somewhere else. And people actually said this. I've heard somebody say, you know, you're, you're, you're divorcing. Why are you divorcing your wife? Because I've met another woman. So why are you divorcing your wife? You told me two years ago that God told you to marry her. Oh, yes, he did. Now he's telling me to divorce her. Why? Because he's telling me to marry somebody else. Can you see how this is absolutely ridiculous? So we walk very closely with God. When the devil uh, tempts us, we are drawn away by our own desires. So we can't blame the devil for our sin. Oh, yes, he is the tempter, but we still have free will. We can say no to sin, yes to, the, to, 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 to God. And so you recognize your own responsibility that if there's sin in your life, in your life, when you have your own experience with Jesus, you know how you can resist the enemy and you can resist those desires. Now, I wish I could tell you that ever since I was born again, I have resisted every single one of the desires of my own flesh. Uh, I haven't. And this is a process. We, are, we move away from the life of the flesh, the old life of the flesh, to walk in units of life. And it's a process. There is, we still have to struggle against the flesh. So what I'm saying to you is you, 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 you put off the flesh. You put to death the deeds of the flesh. You don't surrender to the enemy's temptations and the suggestions. So don't blame the enemy if you have succumbed to temptation. That's your responsibility, especially as a child of God, because you have the power of the Holy Spirit. All right. Then there are uh, attacks that can come from time to time. There are attacks. We know that the enemy is like a roaring lion who goes around like, an, like a lion trying to devour whoever he may. He's out to get you. <laughs> Don't you know? He is like a roaring lion. He is not a roaring lion. He's a defeated enemy. I remember a preacher saying, yes, he's a roaring lion, but he has no teeth. Now, we do not slander celestial beings, do not engage with any kind of conversation with the devil or with fallen angels. You have nothing to do with them. Keep your eyes on Christ. Follow Jesus. But know that you have authority to resist the devil. And so this is my final verse before we come down and uh, to pray for you. James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you as a believer.
you. He will flee from you. I remember when Lewis, I wish I, I had set up the little studio so I could walk around a little bit. But just imagine uh, when Lewis used to teach us and, and, and there were all kinds of people coming to him. And, and he said, oh, oh, this lady came to me again, mama, this. And she was one of these ladies who was always seeing the devil. Oh, the devil, pastor, the devil. The devil is against me. The devil is chasing me. And so when Lewis turned around to this lady and said, if the devil's chasing you, stop running away from him. Turn around and start chasing the devil. Resist the devil and he will flee. Now, I'm coming into land and ready to pray. Um, I have many ex experiences and encounters in the deliverance ministry. Let me tell you about one which was in 1986, is a very, very long time ago, but it was, a, a, it was a baptism of fire into the deliverance ministry, all right? And the story here uh, is it, 1987 was the great breakthrough year, and on Tuesday evening, we're going to be showing you once again Light for the Nations. You'll hear about that, signs and wonders and miracles. But 1986, I was back in Africa it was West Africa, Sierra Leone, for the first time since I was born in Africa and moved from East Africa. In 1987, I went back to Kenya and to, and to where, where I, place where I was born. But in 1986, here we were in Sierra Leone a long time ago, and um, I was on my own. I traveled on my own. And every time I travel, I, I try to take a team with me. I try not to just go on my own because it's important to have backup and support. And when I do travel on my own, sometimes I do that with the backup and support of my wife who's praying for me and of the KT team and intercessors. So don't forget to cover your leaders and your servants and the ministers of Jesus Christ with prayer. Pray for me. Pray for Amanda more than you have ever prayed for us before as we step in to this situation, standing in the gap on your behalf for coronavirus and what is taking place in the church. But I was on my own. And so I promise you, this is exactly the truth. It was a hall filled with believers, filled with people uh, and, and, and people who'd come to hear me preach. And I was not expecting what, what took place. Obviously, we've been praying and fasting and seeking God. But when I stood up to minister, there were demonic manifestations all over the room, all over the room. And I mean, I used to say I'm not being flippant. I was up to my ears in, in demons. And so it became a deliverance service. And um, very quickly, I got a few people who were from the local teams and I gave them some instructions on how to assist me, but it was phenomenal. The, for some reason, there was a new manifestation of the kingdom of God and a breakthrough in the spiritual realm. And very often when there's a breakthrough in the spiritual realm, it comes uh, via resistance. There is resistance to that. And that's how I know that Kensington Temple is on the right path. That's how I know that God's vision that he's given to us is the vision from the Lord. Not only do we share it together corporately, it's not just invented, but we have sought God over years, 29 years and more as senior, as senior leader. 
and we have followed a course of the Holy Spirit from that day to this, and we will continue. And we know that at every significant time where there has been a breakthrough, it has been preceded by oppression and attack and slander and sometimes physical violence and threats for the church to be closed down um, by uh, various people and authorities and it had the attacks have come but we keep our eyes on Jesus and I want to say to you if you are going through a spiritual attack right now lift up your head rejoice because a breakthrough is coming a manifestation of deliverance is coming do not rest under the spirit of oppression depression suppression compression I like putting all those words together I do it frequently when I make this point so God is going to lift you up lift up your head oh, oh you gates be lifted up you ever lasting doors lift up your head or your gates and the king of glory shall come in who is the king of glory he is the lord everlasting the eternal lord is the king of glory hallelujah amen and amen i declare victory over your life in the name of jesus amen and amen now back to africa so after a few days of this I, uh, in the second day, I got a group of people and trained people how to minister in deliverance. And um, then on the third day, and do you know what? Uh, for the first couple of days, there was a lot of resistance when we were exercising authority over demons. And there was a lot of manifestation, a lot of resistance. And do you know what? One day, I got sick of it. Listen to me, hear me out. I got sick of it, sick of having to listen to demons shouting and torturing people and screaming. I got sick of it. And I said, now, next time when somebody came uh, for, for deliverance, I spoke to the demon and I said, you are coming out now and you are coming out quietly. So I told the demon to be quiet, be quiet. And then I spoke to the person. And I talked into this scripture. Do you know what? You don't have to succumb to any kind of demonic manifestation. You are a believer in Jesus. The devil has no right in your life. If you repent, if you ask God for the cleansing of the precious blood of Jesus, you resist the devil and he will flee from you. I promise you. I mean, and that was uh, 1986. Somebody in my earpiece, tell me how many years ago is that? I can't do maths while I'm preaching. That's a long time ago. 34, thank you, Michelle, in my ear, 34 years ago. And um, that was a lesson that I learned. And my deliverance ministry tra was transformed by that experience. And so do you know what happened? After that, as people came for prayer, one after the other, and it was this prayer ministry, this demonic uh, this uh, deliverance uh, um, ministry up there in, in the, that place in Sierra Leone went on for several days until there were no more demons left. Hallelujah. And people were delivered. And when I realized that we don't have to sit there and say, oh, oh what are we going to do and, and fight and argue? No, the devil's defeated. Demons come out now in Jesus' name. You cannot resist the name of Jesus. Now, the key was not my authority. The key was the authority of the believer. Resist the devil. Submit to God. No good resisting the devil if you haven't submitted to God. Submit to God. 
Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen. Well, I'm done preaching. And by the way, if you have any follow-up uh, questions or or uh, messages here, I I will uh, I'm very willing to answer questions, very willing to interact with people. But through this uh, uh, mobile phone number, but not on the telephone. I can't take calls. This is only for um, for um, messages, texts, and and um, WhatsApp messages. And so I'm very willing. And and if there's if I'm flooded with with questions, I will, I, I will uh, get other staff members to help me. But uh, this you've got to like in a, if we're in a live service, you could maybe come up and speak to a member of the pastoral team. But there are people there uh, waiting for you, and the people are monitoring on face Facebook Live and and also the live response section on the live stream. And also there's a pastoral phone number which is on our website so that you can contact people. We are here to minister to your online pastoring. We can't come <laughs> to your house. You can't come to our house. We can't go to God's house, but we are God's house. We're, okay, so we, we are here for you uh, right the way through this time. So remember that we're here for you. So now we're going to come for the, the, the deliverance prayer. Are you ready? The deliverance prayer. And this is no big deal. It's not like something out of an exorcist movie. No way. It's a simple standing in our authority in Christ. What I'm going to do first of all. Is I'm going to lead us all in a prayer. Of repentance and submission to the Lord. As we come before him. Turning our hearts to the Lord. A prayer for the washing and cleansing of the blood of Jesus Christ. And then. I want you to go into resistance mode. And we're going to pray the most powerful prayer of deliverance that we have ever, that we could ever see. Do you know where that is in the Bible? There is a prayer of deliverance that Jesus tells us to pray every day. When you pray, he says, pray like this. And right in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, is a deliverance prayer that you can pray. And because it's the prayer of Jesus, if you have turned afresh to him tonight, repented of anything that you know to be wrong in your heart, received the cleansing of Jesus, which also comes here in the confession of sin in the Lord's Prayer, then when we come to deliver us from evil, that will be spoken in united faith, in unity, and in the spirit, and also remember that the translation of deliver us from evil is best translated deliver us from the evil one. In other words, anything that the enemy of our souls is working, planning, strategies, plans that he's trying to do, uh, and wiles and devices, or anything that he is seeking to do, uh, and we can negate that, nullify that, and cause his plans to fall to the ground. But it's not by focusing on him. It's not shouting loudly on the highest building that we can find in London, and or 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 doing any other some of the crazy things that people do in the name of spiritual warfare. 
I wanted, I'd rather trust Jesus. And Jesus said, this is the way. Okay, are you ready? And we'll take you through the Lord's Prayer. You may wish to go to Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13, but I have had it written out here. We're going to do the Lord's Prayer. Are you ready? So let's all unite together in the name of Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for that spirit of unity in the name of Jesus Christ. And I, I close down every disruptive, divisive, troubling spirit that would seek to interfere with this process right now. Heavenly Father, you are the Lord above all, all, all ones. You are the God above all gods. You are the Lord above all lords. You are the only one Elohim above all of the other Elohim who you created. You are the only unique God, all power, all authority which you have. You vested in the name of Jesus Christ. And in the name of Jesus Christ, there is authority over all things in heaven, on the earth and under the earth. Therefore, we come to surrender to you now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the name of Jesus vested in which is invested all the authority of God. We thank you that that name has been given to him because he went to the cross and was raised again from the dead. He died on the cross and was raised again from the dead. And is ascended at the right hand of the Father. All power, all authority in his hands. We surrender to you, Heavenly Father. And Father, we do again submit to you. We ask you to cleanse us from our sins. Help us be refocused on you. And we pray together in the words that Jesus taught us. Follow with me phrase by phrase as we pray. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, that's the prayer of surrender. First, accepting God's authority, then surrendering to that authority. Now our day, our provision. And as we pray for this daily bread, it's not just for food. It's for every physical provision that we need, including healing. All right. Many requests have come in. We'll be praying for you. And the intercessors will be praying for you. And Amanda and I will be praying for you. But here we go. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. The healing is the bread of the kingdom. Pray for healing to flow right now. Forgive us our debts, Lord, our trespasses, as we also have forgiven those that trespass against us. And we pause at this point. And we release any person, living or dead, who has ever spoken anything against us or has ever hurt us in any way. We totally forgive them. We totally release them from any sense of, uh, 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 of resentment on our part. We, Lord, forgive them. I forgive. Everybody say, forgive those who have sinned against you so that we can claim the forgiveness of God as we've sinned against him. And lead us not into temptation. Repeat that. Lead us not into temptation. This is about trial. Do not bring us into a time of trial, 
God never tempts us to sin. It's not, it's not talking about that. The devil tempts to sin. God never cannot be tempted by evil, and he doesn't tempt people to sin. When he, he, but there are trials that we could, we could be avoided if we surrendered to him. Lead us not into temptation. And here we go. Are you ready? We're going to say, but deliver us from evil. And I want us to say that all together. Are you ready? Here is the prayer of deliverance. But Lord Jesus, deliver us from the evil one. Amen and amen. And I declare in Jesus' name, be set free. Be set free. Amen and amen and amen. Can I have a loud amen? And then we haven't stopped yet. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you. There we go. It is as simple as that. Now there are staff members waiting online and waiting and they are monitoring Facebook and monitoring uh, the phones and also this number here. Uh, which I just gave to you every time I want to say it. I've put the paper down, 07570-261-697, okay? And so I am seeing some uh, of the things that have come in on Facebook just now, um, and I, I've got it here. Yes, yes, somebody is saying, how wonderful, loving this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that. Uh, um, affirmation there way make a miracle work a promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are that is who you are amen and yes lord jesus you never stop working thank you father for honoring us with your favor well done amen and amen great what platform are you using to connect the worship teams from from different locations well, that's a question it is zoom OK, so Fabio had this idea. We've seen it on television. There is a Zoom uh, uh, platform and this time people are making music. They're starting choirs, but you can't do it live. If you try to do it, we tried to say the grace together and it just didn't work because there is a time lag. So what happens is that they record each track uh, separately and, and built around a, a rhythm and, and some basic tracking. So it is Zoom. And I just think Fabio... And the others have done an amazing job. And Jean Erst would have been participating in this, except he was just on holiday before that. So Jean is going to join with us. And he's done some great live worship for us. And Jono as well. He's even recording from his home just in case he gets a sore throat and he can still participate. OK, so that is it. Now, I won't answer any more of those, but we'll, we'll look at them later. But don't forget. Uh, the number that you can send your text, a message to 07570-261-697. I want particularly to hear, for pe hear from people who tonight are ready to surrender their life to Christ. The first time you prayed a prayer of salvation, I'm going to pray for you and with you now, and then you can contact us straight away. Before we pray that prayer of salvation, let me tell you what is coming up tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, the 6th of April, we have 8 a.m., KT Kids, there is a half-hour program which is pre-recorded for you. Nine o'clock, Amanda and I will be here for devotions. And 11 o'clock, R.T. Kendall will be speaking from his series, Defining Moments. Leah, the unloved woman. Have you ever felt unloved? Well, this is for you. Effective prayer, what is intercession at two o'clock? 
2.30, Intercession and the Bible, and Reason to Believe with Mark Greenwood at 3 o'clock. And the question is this, is it reasonable to believe that Christianity is right? It's true. It's right. Is it reasonable? And he'll mention that. It will help you as you share your faith with others. And then at seven o'clock, we're going to show you part one of the 2003 celebration, which also was my 50th birthday uh, as well. 2003, the Royal Albert Hall, part one on Monday. Then on Wednesday, we have a live prayer meeting from West London, and it's going to be an international missions prayer meeting. We have people participating from all over the world. It'll be a bit like a telethon as we join together to pray for international missions. On Friday, 11 o'clock, Good Friday, we have a communion service. And then at six, six or seven o'clock, uh, somebody will correct me, please, in that I don't have that information here. But Friday evening, uh, we will uh, speak again. I didn't catch that, please. Seven o'clock. Thank you, Michelle. Oh, well done, Michelle. You know, she works very closely to me. She's in my ear. She's my inner ear monitoring. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you for those. There's a team, there's a team here working really hard, and, and they're in touch with us. Uh, um, and helping us let you know how many people are watching to let us know that and, and requests that have come in. And so there are over 300 people watching live now. And that's really wonderful. We're so grateful for you. And then so at seven o'clock on Friday evening, we are choosing a great Easter concert for you from our archives. We've got some humdingers. We've got some singers and some zingers, and it's going to be fantastic. So you can bring your friends and let them know what is happening and let them be part of what God is doing. So now, if you know that you need Christ in your life, if you are not sure that if you died tonight, you'd go to heaven and you want to be sure about that, here is a prayer you can pray. It's a simple transferring of your trust from yourself to Christ and what he did for you on the cross. What are you trusting in for your salvation? Don't trust yourself. Don't trust a church. Don't trust a minister, whether it is the Pope, the priest, or myself as your pastor. Don't trust us for salvation. Trust Jesus. He is the rock, the only rock that you can depend on for your salvation. And you transfer your trust from yourself or anything else you're trusting in, your religious deeds, your spurious spiritual experiences. What is not based on the Bible is not of the, of the revelation of God. And if it's not in line with the scriptures, reject it right now and you turn your heart to Christ. And if you're ready to do that, here is a prayer which you can pray uh, as I pray and you can follow me in this prayer. Lord Jesus Christ. I come to you now and I confess that I'm a sinner and that I need your salvation. I know I cannot save myself. I know there is no other name given amongst men whereby we must be saved, only the name of Jesus. So I put my trust in Jesus and his name. I enter into life with Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. I believe him to be the son of the living God. I confess that he died for my sins and that God raised him from the dead. And now here is the prayer. I place my trust in Jesus as my Savior and Lord. I turn away from my past life, 
and I embrace new life in Christ. Amen and amen. We have people ready to talk to you and we have something to send you through the post if you've prayed that prayer for the first time and you need and you know that tonight you've trusted Christ. If you have questions about anything to do with the gospel or anything that's been said tonight, we'll have a team of people tonight and also throughout the week to be in touch with you. We want to keep ministering to you so that you know you're not alone and we, KT team, are here to lead you and here to bless you. Well, that's it. All that remains is for me to lead you in the grace. And here we go. Don't forget we add a bit of Psalm 23 on at the end. Okay, are we ready? Here we go. And now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with, with us all now and forever. And surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you.